0: Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come, Follow Me. We are studying um, in February the 24th to March the 1st still, 2nd Nephi 26 to 30, a marvellous work and a wonder. You join us at series 2, episode 61, and we are going to conclude this week with looking at the section entitled, God continues to give revelation to guide his children, and that is found in 2nd Nephi 28, verses 27 to 31 and chapter 29. Um I want to put a, a disclaimer here and just say that we are not going to get through all of that uh, section at all today. Uh, so we're just going to start from Second Nephi 28, 27, make our way through uh, as much as we can, and then see where that leaves us. And then, of course, we are moving on to a new study next week. So I, we haven't even covered God prepared the Book of Mormon for our day section. So I just strongly recommend that you study as much as you can, because there are so many great things uh, to learn from these uh, from this section of 2 Nephi 26 to 30. Uh, so I will dive straight in. In 2 Nephi 28 verse 27, it says, Yea, woe be unto him that saith, We have received and we need no more. Uh, And there's a great link actually to um, Alma chapter 12, verse 10, which is also uh, referred to in the manual. And so I'm just going to read of that as well, because I think that that applies very well. It says, and therefore he that will harden his heart, the same receive of the lesser portion of the world word. And he that will not harden his heart to him is given the greater portion of the word until it is given to know until it is given unto him to know the mysteries of God until he know them in full. Uh, This is a fascinating uh, insight, a really interesting thought that when we open our hearts and we are open to developments and further light and truth, then we will receive that. If we are not open to or willing to receive further light and truth, then we we will not. Because if we receive it with that hard heart, it will, first of all, probably fall on um, closed ears. And also we will be required to act on that further light and truth. And we will not do so with that hardened heart. And so the Lord is in a way helping us to um, avoid that until we are prepared for it. Um, the Lord wants us to feel prepared and open to receive his word. And sometimes we find that people are angry about receiving more truth. And that's a question that's asked in the manual. And sometimes do we ever feel angry about receiving further truth? Um it says in verse 28 of second Nephi 28, and in fine, woe unto all those who tremble and are angry because of the truth of God. For behold, he that is built upon the rock receive it with gladness and he that is built upon a sandy foundation trembleth lest he shall fall. I think that sometimes we apply those words in that verse very often to individuals who let's face it, believe in the bible uh, believe it to be the word of god and believe jesus to be the savior but are not open to further lights and revelation in these last days particularly in the form of a book of another scripture such as the book of mormon um so yeah i think that we fall into this trap though because this isn't just what it applies to i think this these words apply also to us and that we need to be seeking light and truth, not just from the Book of Mormon and the Bible, uh, from the other standard works and even the words of the living prophets, but we need to be seeking that personal revelation that revelation that we have been so many times invited to seek by our prophet, President Russell M. Nelson, uh, and many of the Quorum of the Twelve and Seventy and leaders of the, leaders of the church as well. Uh, there is a talk called Truth is the Issue in October 1993, and it was uh, by... F. Enzio Bush. And um, it's a really interesting talk. And at the end, he gives an invitation for all of us. He says, quote, enlightened by the spirit of truth, we will then be able to pray for the increased ability to endure truth and not to be made angry by it. In the depth of such a prayer, we may finally be led to that lonesome place where we suddenly see ourselves naked in all soberness. Gone are all the the little lies of self-defense. We see ourselves in our vanities and false hopes for carnal security. We are shocked to see our many deficiencies, our lack of gratitude for the smallest things. We are now at that sacred place that seemingly only a few have courage to enter, because this is that horrible place of unquenchable pain and in fire and burning." this is that place where true repentance is born this is that place where the conversion and rebirth of our soul are happening this is the place where the prophets were before they were called to serve this is the place where converts find themselves before they can be, have the desire to be baptized for the remission of their sins. This is the place where sanctifications and rededications and renewal of covenants are happening. This is the place where suddenly the atonement of Christ is understood and embraced. This is the place where suddenly, when commitments have solemnly been established, the soul begins to sing the song of redeeming love and indestructible faith in Christ is born. This is the place where we suddenly see the heavens open as we feel the full impact of the love of our Heavenly Father, which fills us with indescribable joy in with this fulfillment of love in our hearts we will never be happy any more just by being ourselves or living our own lives we will not be satisfied until we have surrendered our lives into the arms of the loving christ and until he has become the doer of all all our deeds and he has become the speaker of all our words close quote it's a very long quote but it's full of power and it's full of Truth, I feel. And, uh, you know, the, the, this situation where we are on our knees and really completely open ourselves and surrender ourselves. That is when we build that true connection with our heavenly Father. We feel the atonement flooding into our hearts, and we begin to recognize just what our Savior has done for us, and just how little we we uh, deserve it. Really, I feel that. And there's been a few times in my life I've kind of felt this truth flood into my heart, and I think it's it is an it's an experience, and it's really what um, has kept me going over the many years uh, that I've been a member of this church when I've really made that true connection. Just feeling of that love and that that mercy that has come to to me um, is this this truth. And so when we look at this scripture and we look at you know being those that are angry um, to re- receive the truth, it isn't just a simple case of oh they don't people don't want to listen to a new scripture, a new Book of Mormon, uh, such as the Book of Mormon, but it is also us being led to further truth about ourselves and making that change truth is finding out more truth is difficult for many and many people are angry about it because it leads to change naturally or it should lead to change i was i had an opportunity on my mission to teach uh, an, an anglican monk which was well, fascinating. It was a really fascinating experience. And we went through the lessons. We talked about the restoration. We talked about the plan of salvation. And he seemed to be really enjoying this. You know, he recognized the truth within it. He recognized the great teachings and principles that were there that were from the Lord. And then we taught the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, for me personally, as a missionary, the gospel of Jesus Christ was pretty much a straightforward lesson. you know. People understood the need to have faith, to change, to repent. I think that perhaps as a missionary, when I look back on it now, I didn't fully understand the principle of repentance, uh, but I taught it in the rudimentary basics that I knew. Uh, baptism obviously was necessary, and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost—it was a pretty straightforward thing. But for this Anglican monk, this lesson was the most difficult, because of course it let it, this light and truth of the gospel of Christ, taught by teachers from the Lord, who had the had the authority to do so, had a lot of implications for him and his faith and his work, um, because obviously he recognised the potential of this, if it was true, that it would have on him that he would need to change. And unfortunately, after that lesson, he decided to, to not meet with us again, because it was, it didn't make him angry. He didn't get angry at us or, you know, kick us out or anything like that. But he respectfully declined um, any further light and truth that we had to teach him, because he at that point realized, oh, this isn't just a nice story anymore. Oh, it isn't just an insight into our thoughts on the purpose of life. It's an invitation to change. And that was what the gospel of Christ was all about. And it is all about. And so that was interesting insights for me. And it, and I see that now, you know, if we want to really make that real connection, we have to change. And that means we have to be open to further truth and rather, and not harden our hearts against it. In verse 30 of 28, it says, For behold, thus saith the Lord God, I will give unto the children of men, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. And blessed are are those who are hearken unto my precepts and lend an ear unto my counsel, for they shall learn wisdom. For unto him that receiveth, I will give more. And from them that shall say, we have enough, from them shall be taken away, even that which they have. God still speaks to man today. um, And he does so in many ways, particularly through the Holy Ghost. Uh, James E. Faust, in 1980, said this, What has happened to David's living God? It is the greatest insult to reason to suggest that God, who spoke so freely to the prophets of the Old Testament, including Abraham, Moses, Isaiah, and the other prophets, now stands mute, uncommunicative, and silent. We may as well ask, does God love us less than those led by the ancient prophets? Do we need his guidance and instruction less? Reason suggests that this cannot be. Does he not care? Has he lost a voice? Has he gone on a permanent vacation? Does he sleep? The unreasonableness of each of these proposals is self-evidence, close quote. We have record, we have evidence that God has spoken to individuals before Christ came, during when Christ was here, and after Christ, when we look at the um, apostles. I mean, obviously we have evidence in the Book of Mormon. We have evidence uh, in the restoration of the gospel through the prophet Joseph Smith and from the prophets that have led on after the prophet Joseph Smith, but you know, even for those that don't have a testimony of the prophet Joseph Smith being a true prophet yet, we have evidence in the New Testament that the apostles received the Holy Ghost and received direction and guidance from the Lord as to where to go and what to do. The heavens were not closed then either. And so they are still open today chapters 28 and 29 are really meant to be together. The, the newer editions of the Book of Mormon that we have when more chapters were put in b- breaks these apart, but they're all part of the same thing. And I want to close, even though I'm well over 10 minutes already, uh, with a verse from chapter 29, which is verse four. It says, but thus saith the Lord God, O fools, they shall have a Bible, and it shall proceed forth from the Jews, mine ancient covenant people. And what think?" Thank they the Jews for the Bible which they receive from them. Yea, what do the Gentiles mean? Do they remember the travails and the labors and the pains of the Jews and their diligence unto me in bringing forth salvation unto the Gentiles? Um I want to kind of link that with something that uh, Dalan H. Oak said in um, April 2006 called, in a talk called "All Men Everywhere." We then get into this chapter 29 where it talks about people that say, "We have a Bible. I need no more Bible." But I think again rather than focusing on those people and kind of you know ridiculing them for that attitude we need to be aware we don't have this attitude ourselves and we should be willing to receive more of god's word President Oaks said, quote, "We conclude from this that the Lord will eventually cause inspired teachings he has given to his children in various nations to be brought forth for the benefit of all people. This will include accounts of the visit of the resurrected Lord to what he we call the lost tribes of Israel and his revelations to all the seed of Abraham. The finding of the Dead Sea scrolls shows one way this can occur." When new writings come forth, and according to prophecy they will, we hope they will not be treated with the rejection some apply to the Book of Mormon because they already had a Bible. Are we prepared to receive more of God's word? If, in the next few weeks president nelson came forward or he uh, and and while well, the church came forward and said there has been new records discovered and this is the, the the word of the lord will we treat that with the same rejection and say well we already have the standard works and we already have living prophets we don't need any further uh, insights and of course i think most of us will sit here and say well yeah of course we'd accept it but i think that that's something we really have to consider in ourselves if we're not willing to receive the light and knowledge and and change in our lives from prayer then will we will we receive it from this record that appears seemingly from nowhere perhaps to us It's something which uh, i i i would i would love i feel but uh, is something i need to check and, and and search within myself to see if i would be willing to receive that and not become angry or hard of heart thank you for listening today to this uh, again slightly longer episode there's just so much in these chapters so apologies for that I hope you've enjoyed it. And if there's anything you've been studying or if there's any uh, thoughts or insights you have to what I've shared, I'd love to hear them at MattSRoberts90 on Twitter. You can email ldsstudysession at gmail.com for any feedback. And also, of course, you can join the Facebook group. That's Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. So many people, a number of people have joined now and there are insights being shared each and every day. And I love them. So thank you for sharing. And please join us there. Thank you very much for listening and until we meet again.